but I also want to be able to to love to love well and to not mm. reach the end of my life uh, as a cold-hearted miser who loves no one and no mm. one loves him. And mm. I could easily be that if I if I let go of of my intentional search for what is love, um, and in this film, what is grief. I believe every person deserves kindness in their lives. I believe kindness has the power to change us from the inside out, to change the world beginning with you and me. And that's why I wanted to create a show called Self-Kindness, Self-Kindness with Pete. It's about figuring out how kindness towards ourselves can be our superpower, how kindness is more than just a reward at the end of the day. It's about living clear lives, focused lives, motivated by loving concern, rather than motivated by fear and anxiety. It's about how we make that change. How does self-kindness show up the moment we need it the most? You are so worthy of the kindness that's already in you. And each week, we'll be exploring how to do that with people who are leading this kindness awakening in their own lives. My name is Pete Sibley, and I'm so grateful you're here. Self-Kindness with Pete is supported and caffeinated by Captain and Stoker Coffee Roasters, located at 398 East Franklin Street in Monterey, California. And if you're not local, you can hop on captainandstoker.com and order up a bag and brew up a cup today. Also, you can follow them on Instagram at Captain Stoker to catch all their fun holiday specials coming up. Thanks, Captain Stoker. Self-Kindness with Pete is supported by Union Yoga Monterey. Union Yoga Monterey is now offering classes, if you're here locally, at Cooper Molera with some of your favorite teachers during the week and on Sundays. But you can find all of this at unionyoga-monterey.com. Thanks, Union Yoga. Hello, and welcome to another Self-Kindness with Pete. I am Pete Sibley, and thrilled to be with you today. I'm recording this on another... (laughs) It's so spoiling sometimes to be living on the Central Coast in California. But you know what? Uh, I'm going to do it. I'm going to embrace it right now (laughs) while I can and while uh, we have these beautiful days. How are you doing today? Where do you find yourself today? I am, as always, so grateful and excited that you are listening. If you are a new listener, welcome. I'm so glad you're here to explore this conversation around self-kindness. If you are a returning listener, thanks for being here. So great. As we entered this season of gift-giving, I wondered, can I be so bold to ask a favor of you. Would you rate this show? Would you take a moment to, you can maybe even do it while you're listening right now, scroll down and give this show a rating. Leave a comment. What happens when you do that? First of all, well, it, it, it makes me feel great. It makes me feel giddy. I love seeing the comments. I love seeing uh, you rate the show. Uh, But it also helps get this idea of self-kindness, this conversation, out to a larger audience. That's how how these algorithms work. So you taking that quick moment to give me a gift, would you do that for me? (laughs) I would just be so grateful. 
Well, I am grateful. I'm glad you're here. And I always, as always, want to check in and just give you that invitation at the beginning of this podcast. Are you walking? Are you sitting? Take a moment to just notice where you are. Hmm. So important to be a friend to yourself, to let your awareness just come alive in you and check out what's going on. Feeling the seat beneath you, maybe the coolness of the air as you're walking, just noticing. And we're going to get into a great interview with my guest today, Eli Pike. He's a filmmaker, has created this beautiful documentary about grieving that we're going to be talking about today. And it's so much more than just the idea of grieving. It really is self-kindness in, in action. So excited for you to hear that. But first, I just want to be a quick reminder. And I wanted to share something that a client shared with me recently. You know, towards the end of a coaching session, she said, a self-kindness practice, this practice, it is allowing me to love myself again. So I want to use this as a quick announcement to fill you in, to let you know if you've been considering my one-on-one monthly coaching, now is the time to reach out. And I want to do this reminder, not in the way that we typically hear these reminders this time of year, you know, last moment, last chance, you got to do it, da, da, da. It's like they're scaring us to death to, to buy and to spend our money on something. So my practice is always, can I turn the entire thing around? Can I not scare you to death, but what's the opposite? Um, just awaken an excitement in you about the idea, the possibility of taking on a practice of self-kindness. If you're ready for that new lens and how you see and treat yourself, I'd like to ask people, you know, what outcomes do you want to see in your life? I believe that self-kindness can bring just about any outcome that you're looking for. It's our self-concepts. It's our ability to accept ourselves that continue to offer all the blocks that we experience in our life. So if you're ready to see and treat yourself the same way that you treat people in your life that you love and care about, then this coaching is available and I'm ready to sit with you. I want to sit with you. I had another client recently said, you know, Pete, this coaching would work for anybody. But then he followed up and said, but I'm not sure everybody is ready for it. You know if you're ready for it. You have that inclining. I invite you to visit petesibley.com slash coaching or find the link in the show notes. And reach out. We have a conversation. We talk about what the practice is, what it would mean for you, what the investment in you would be. And then we both decide if it's the right choice. 
It's not something if you email me, you have to, you know, again, this isn't scare tactics. This is an invitation. I really believe that 2020 was a year and has been a year that has turned everything on its head. I believe that turning on its head is here to wake us up. So if your challenge is self-blame or feeling stuck or you're failing, fearing failure, I could say that. If there is a desire to step into your passions or your dreams and the hesitation comes up, that sense of overwhelm, then contact me. Let's do this. Let's make the end of 2020 into something fantastic and brilliant in your life. Again, visit petesibley.com coaching. Find the link in the bio uh, in the show notes here. And let's begin. And I hope that this wasn't a scare tactic. And I hope that it'll be an ins- inspiring, motivating action for you. But I do want to say that this is the last chance to get my 2020 rates. So that's just an honest uh, assessment. So let's do this. And now let's get into this great interview with my guest today, Eli Pike. My guest today is documentarian and filmmaker Eli Pike. Eli's passion for film and video began in 1997 with the advent of digital video editing. He saw the power of the moving image to touch people's hearts, draw tears, motivate, and inspire. His most recent film and documentary, The Far Green Country 2 at Rose End, which is available on Amazon and other streaming websites, is described this way. After his father's death, Eli moves full-time into a motorhome with his wife, Kelly, and two kids. They embark on a cross-country journey to meet up with others walking through grief and to encounter the stunning beauty of America's national parks. Here's my interview with Eli Pike. So welcome, Eli Pike, to Self-Kindness with Pete. What a pleasure to get to have a conversation with you today. Yeah, I'm excited to be here, Pete. Um, It's just crazy to think, you know, 10 years ago, I was watching you play your amazing music uh, on a folk music festival stage, and now here we are chatting. Um, It's pretty (laughs) cool. That's right. That's right. I forgot that 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 was our uh, initial connection. But yeah, uh, boy, you know, you and Kelly and your children incredible human beings on this planet so grateful for the work um and i can't wait to get into talking about this new film documentary that you just released um but first thank you let's introduce you let's could you tell us a little bit about yourself and why did you say yes to a conversation today about self-kindness well pete um, as you were sharing just before we started recording, you know, I, I have a, probably a similar journey to yours, maybe a similar uh, personality type or something. Um, I tend toward the more melancholic. I do struggle with depression, um, uh, some degree of anxiety. And um, lately, it's just I've been really trying to be aware of these like negative cyclical thinking patterns I get into. Um, specifically when, um, you know, I'm being told I'm failing or I'm not coming through in certain areas, whether it be professionally or 
relationally. And man, if it's almost like if I break through the thin ice, I can be stuck in the darkness for hours and sometimes days. Um, and I'm, I'm really trying to, you know, be more and more aware of that. And, uh, you know, I, I think that that combined with the fact that um, a year and a half ago, actually coming up now in two years, my father pa- passed away um, of pancreatic cancer. That was a, you know, deep season of grief for me and of adjusting to, you know, many, many changes. So um, that was also a season um, where I could see, you know, self-kindness being a a really big part of my journey out of that. Hmm. But I think that there's, you know, plus I just want to hang out with you and and uh, <laughs> philosophize. So <laughs> likewise, likewise. I I love that. For me, you're right. Self-kindness was born out of uh out of need in my life, right? Hmm. And sounds like most people that I talk to, that's how we arrive at it. And I think I mentioned to you that self-kindness maybe seemed like a little easier uh, goal as opposed to self-love. So I want to get into, you had this new film, The Far Green Country 2 at Road's End. Yes. Your professional life is, uh, well, how would you describe that? My wife, Kelly, and I uh, own a video production company. It's called uh, Zion Pictures Productions. And we do a a range of things. I mean, I've done everything from filming independent, you know, narrative feature films to uh, doing every year we do a series of uh, inspirational videos for Goodwill, um, who highlights their work with uh, people with mental and um, physical disabilities, um, and uh, as well as uh, single mothers, uh, people who are, you know, uh, coming out of drug addiction. Um, and mm-hmm. so <clears throat> we do corporate commercials and, you know, we, we do it all. But um, really, our passion is telling redeeming stories. So that's what I wanted to, to point out is, OK, so you have this professional, you know, life and and you're good at it i mean your films are stunning they're thank you you know they're they're beautiful and the way that uh that they're filmed and the way that they're put together and edited i mean just incredible and yet you take that talent and you turn it in on you and allow yourself to be incredibly exposed oh yeah uh and it's just like, you know, it gives me chills just to, to think about it. Like, you may not, maybe that was done out of need on your end, but what an act of, of courage. Help us to understand, help us walk into this film. What was this film, the the process, a uh, little bit that your father had passed away? Yes. Um, if you could just share a quick, a little bit of that arc of the film. And then maybe we can start to unpack why why this film and just explore that. Well, just to preface for people who haven't seen our first one, this is a sequel to what was our first documentary to produce ever. Um, right. And uh, that one's called The Far Green Country. And um, we chose uh, we chose music from some of our favorite artists. And one of them, 
uh, was Ann and Pete Sibley. Um, <laughs> and so we, we included one of their songs in that first documentary, and it was so fun to connect with you guys through that and come down and meet you and do a private showing at your house and stuff. Um, and so it went well enough for us in, our, in making, you know, putting ourselves out there in, in a documentary format. I'm talking about my wife and I, that we were definitely open to doing another one. It's been very important to us, though, through, as we you know, make, make the documentaries, that they're not just about us um, gallivanting across the United States, you know, doing fun things like on vacation or something like that. Uh, it's definitely not what, what life on the road in a full-time in a motorhome is like. And it's also, um, you know, we want to bring more to the world. And so I think the way we, that I do that, I'll speak for myself personally, is that I you know, let the world in a bit on my inner world. And um, um, getting back a little bit more to why uh, the Far Green Country 2 at Road's End, well, I just we just felt like that, that title's very fitting because, you know, every road must end somewhere mm-hmm. and every life must end as well. <clears throat> We're all on a train, and as one of my uh, sort of mentors uh, says that that train is headed inevitably toward a wall. And we're all sort of on the train drinking cocktails and, uh, you know, looking out at the beautiful sights and sort of just pretending as if that train will keep going forever um, and not really talking about the fact that it's going to hit a wall. And is there anything <laughs> we want to say to each other before we hit that wall? Or, you know... Is there anything we can learn about the fact that we're going to hit a wall? Um, so referring to death um, there, my dad died of pancreatic cancer. Shortly after my dad's diagnosis, I made it a point to sit down with him and, and a camera and, and interview him for a couple hours. And we, so it was actually one of the most um, sort of vulnerable conversations I, I, well, I could say it, it was the most vulnerable conversation I've ever had with my dad mm. on camera. I mean, we recorded it on, on camera and um, and I was able to I saved that footage. And then basically the moment that I got word that he had finally passed, I went into my editing cave and sat with that footage for like two days straight as I edited a memoir video of his life. Mm. and brought in photos and things and it was such an emotional time for me so many tears were shed um it was hard and yet there was something really beautiful in every tear that that dripped mm. and um and i after making that it just like i wanted to do it more uh, there mm. was so much more i wanted to explore with my dad um, now that he was gone, I, I had no physical connection to him yet being in that editing room and seeing his face and hearing his voice, it, it, I can't, it's mm. hard to explain, but it did feel like I was still with him mm. in mm. a way. Mm. So, well, yeah, y- you know, I just want to say, so one thing that I found so, so touching in, you know, through that came through the film and I think like this is why I'm so adamant about a self-kindness practice. When sometimes people reflect it back to me, well, it, it kind of feels selfish. Like if I'm doing this stuff 
for me, like it kind of feels selfish, right? You know, mm-hmm. that you would go in for two days and like, but you got, you have kids and a wife, like, isn't that selfish? Like, you know, but it's actually, it continues over and over again to be the exact opposite. It's yep. like when we do that work, when we go in and you talk about this, um, you know, I remember most poignantly t- kind of towards the end of the film when you're talking about therapy and even, you know, inviting the kids into talk with somebody, yes. how important it is for us to do that work so that we can then be more available, more focused, more clear, more, you know, more connected yes with the world around us and i feel like you are a living example of that and what so much why Mm. i wanted to share your point of view on this this podcast was you do this inner work and someone could say oh my gosh like it's so selfish he's just like you know he needs to do this process or whatever but then they watch the film and it's like it's the complete opposite it's like a gift Mm to be that reminder and it's a gift for all of us i mean yes the fact that you did this inner work and i don't think it's a mistake that it's coming out in 2020 like totally this is a year for grieving oh gosh it is so yeah yeah i mean Yeah, we did not plan to release a film on grief during one of our country's greatest years on grief. Mm. Uh, um, Mm -hmm. We all have grief. That's something that that we try to speak to in this film, that grief is not just the the sadness after a loved one passes. Grief is the loss of something that we hold dear or even hope for. And Mm -hmm. in 2020, with COVID... And all the cancellations, uh, there's, there have been so many instances uh, where we have to grieve the loss of mm-hmm. kids not playing sports. Or, um, well, I could just go on and on. Everyone has their story of grief with COVID. And there's also the grief tied up in, in losing a, a job, losing a dream. Um, and, uh, and, and knowing how to, not knowing how to, just being willing to enter into what is that grief and mm, mm-hmm. and how do I process it? Just asking that question and leaving some space for the answer um, is way better than than burying that grief mm. or pretending mm. it's not there because mm. it will make its way to the surface one way or another in not so constructive ways. Right. And so that that's what you walk us through in the film you you walk us through that that process and maybe you can do a little bit of that with us here Hmm. walking through that grieving process how did it unfold for you and how you know would you share that with um with somebody who's who's curious of like well i didn't lose a loved one like what do i need to grieve what did the process look like for me um I knew that my history of dealing with grief uh, in the case of, of, of loved ones passing uh, has been uh, a, a disregard for what happened, sort of a cold acceptance of this weird thing that people die, mm. and, um, 
uh, just a desire to move on. Mm. And that, that's, that's how I handled the death, uh, the multiple deaths of high school friends, uh, one who, you know, died snowboarding, the other one who, um, you know, got drunk and fell off a boat and drowned. I mean, it's just like things mm. like this that happened to people um, that I knew like I didn't want to go to the memorial service. I I didn't want to. It just it was too weird for me, honestly. Yeah. Why and, not? Why not? Yeah. I think I think it's just more a reminder of my own mortality. Hmm. And being a young, I mean, I I was a extreme sports athlete, you know, before mm-hmm. I got married, and part of my, you know, sort of power and invincibility in a sense was was that self-deception that I'm, you know, nothing's going to happen to me. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. staring in the face the fact that my peers are dying um, is just mm-hmm. a, a cruel reminder that I'm going to die. And I just, I just didn't have, have it, the maturity as a young man to, mm. to accept that. So knowing that about me, though, now, you know, as a, I was 36 when my dad died, um, I wanted to do it different. Like, I, I needed to do it different. I knew that from my own heart and to honor him. And so I made the choice that I wanted to intentionally grieve. And I had mm. no idea what that looked like. It's just, I'm not a, an expert at this. I just knew that I wanted to somehow grieve. And, and even just asking that question of how do I do this opened right. up the journey for me. Right. So... Being that I do express myself through the medium of film, there's really no better. There was really no better way for me to undertake that that journey um, to make a piece of art about my journey through grief. It sort of gave the the meaning and the um, the motivation and the you know the reason to incur some expenses with both time and and finances into a project mm. that ultimately was a a self-kindness project i think we could say yeah yeah um and hopefully um is a is a a glimpse of hope to others as well mm, mm. yeah it certainly came across that way and as i was watching it I was watching it kind of with two hats, just one as a as a fan and, you know, curious as a, you know, somebody just taking in the film. But I also had my notebook next to me jotting down mm. notes. One thing that I felt was a gift for me, and it's a conversation that I have and have had with a lot of my podcast guests who are men, is there was an inv- a, a lot of men interviewed in this mm, film you yes. know you're 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 central to that being you know that you were walking this journey with your dad but you had time where you could reflect with your dad and he shared you know some of his struggle with with being open and vulnerable and how you know he was dedicated yes. to his work and then yes. you know and then but you interview friends that you know, are, we're also, so there, there was this, this sub, uh, story that was happening that I got to witness huh. of 
men and emotions yes. and allowing that to to happen and i think that's so important right now um to yes. to allow that to to continue to be a space that as men to start to witness strength and vulnerability mm-hmm. connectedness in way where we allow ourselves to fall apart in front of other in front of our spouses in front of our kids mm-hmm. and in front of in front of other men yes no i'm glad you hit on that yeah really so the the journey for me was to go and visit a few places around the country that i had remembered my dad or i had these really early you know memories of my dad um but the 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 actual traveling was an opportunity to meet up with yeah like you said friends people that we knew um along the along our route that had experienced grief and a grief journey in their own way and it does so turn out that they're all men and i think you know there was no intention there um but you know, I'm a I'm a married man. I'm not going to go out and you know sit and have a bunch of conversations with random women. It was it, it was just very fitting that you know that it was me and an older guy and me and uh, you know a, a peer, and um, and that was really part of my process. Uh, hmm. It was it was convenient for me that I had a camera and an intention of making a film. So that there was, in a sense, a motivation for us both to sit down and make intentional time to talk, mm-hmm. right? There, and I think I, I appreciate that about the 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 art form of film is that it gives me sort of reasons to go and get up early in the morning and see the sunrise because I'm going to film it, or it gives me reason mm-hmm. to sit down with you or someone else and talk about these deep things. But there are things that these are the things I want to do anyway. It's just hard to create the time for it. If it's not part of like business, and that's, I, mean, I don't know if that's just me or a guy thing, but um, anyway, I just sort of say that in a in a um, admitting fact, um, sitting down and talking about grief and about our emotions and our experiences with other guys is um, is what part of the film is about, and mm. and hopefully other men can watch that and if not and be inspired to dig in a little bit deeper in their own male relationships, uh, at least experience um, some of that through my conversations with, with these other guys. Alan Howe is a counselor out in um, North Carolina who we interview, and I love just the way he, he puts it in the film, and I won't quote him directly, but something along the lines of, we don't have to be super superman here. Like it's okay to have emotions. It's okay to feel. Um, mm-hmm. I think even the way you set up in the beginning, as you were talking about your self kindness podcast, you said that some people said you need to love yourself. You just need to love yourself. I don't. I'm not exactly sure what's going through your your head and your heart when when that is said, but. Um, from your response, I gathered that there is some of that just sort of machismo in there. It's 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 something we all share as guys. Like I don't want to be too icky, too ooey gooey, too lovey dovey. Like yes, with my wife, and I'll tell you know I want to hug my kids, but like that's about as far as my gooeyness goes. <laughs> um, if that's just me, but I do like I do um, I do know that deeper down underneath um, 
you know, all of our striving for achievements, all of our striving for possessions, acclaim, if, if we have not love, we have nothing. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. it's really true. Uh, it's something my dad spoke in his last days. And so it really, it really begs the question, then what is love? And, mm. and how do I press into it, especially as a man, when the culture says, mm-hmm. I need big muscles and a big truck? Mm, mm, um mm. so I want to have big muscles and a big truck but I also want to be able to <laughs> <laughs> Me too. Be You're already to, on your way. You got that. <laughs> but I also want to be able to to love to love well and to not mm. reach the end of my life uh as a cold-hearted miser who loves no one and no mm. one loves him. And mm. I could easily be that if I if I let go of of my intentional search for what is love, um, and in this film, what is grief? Because they're mm. very well, they're very intricately intricately woven. Mm. No, mm. is that right? They're very, they're very interconnected. Yeah, yeah, connected, woven. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I I think that's why, you know, in my own personal journey, and now the work that I'm doing um, professionally as someone who is coaching people in helping them on that self-kindness and self-journey practice like i use the word practice intentionally Mm, yes because it is a practice we're going to keep on coming to it we're going to keep on showing up and i think that's also what comes up in the film is that you know even though we're on this this train and it it you know, on the physical has this road's end. It has a spot where it stops, mm-hmm. which is death. But I feel like woven into the film so beautifully are those reminders that we don't really know. Like, mm. it's an ending, mm-hmm. and we don't know. The other thing that comes through pretty clearly is that we're all just doing the darn best we can. That comes from... Tr- like growing that trust in us you're talking about you know as as a as a man i think what comes up and it's so challenging for a lot of the men that i work with it's it's almost as if we don't have a reference point to trust going deeply into those emotions Hmm. in that we're not sure because it's kind of like we go down like that's an intentional movement towards being out of control Mm. So I think what is so important that comes across in the film is that you're intentionally going into grief and that is a realm where you're not in control. Mm. And so, but you still do it intentionally. You know, it's kind of like, you know, on one hand you hear you kind of sharing that like, well, this grief is happening Yes, I'm acknowledging that. And there's two ways that you can go into it. One is I'm just going to, you know, buck up, man up, and, you know, keep going. But that's only that's only kind of, I think, one way of seeing it. Like, why isn't buck up and man up actually being willing and brave enough and courage- courageous enough to do the whole thing, right? Yeah. There's... There are instances even today where the term man up, I think, has some a- application. 
but the key is that we come back around, we circle back around to that situation that we had to man up to, mm. um, and not ignore it. And, mm. and, and it's ironic because the term man up actually is a, is a, is a more cowardly approach than mm. with the courage it takes to dive into that difficult emotional mm. area mm. and to be out of control. Mm. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I spend a lot of days on the river kayaking and, and when I get stuck in a waterfall or in a, you know, big hole and, and, and uh, I'm basically at the mercy of the river, um, mm. waiting for it to spit me out. And, uh, it's a really scary place to be. Um, so I don't, I don't deny that grief is not scary. The question is, are we going to hide behind mach, 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 machismo or mach, mach, machoism, however you want to say it? Are we going to hide behind that and mask our cowardice? Or are we going to throw our hands up and surrender and see where the process takes us? Mm. And I mm -hmm. think that at the end of the day, you know, after the process is done, um, by going through it, I have I have a story to tell. I have a journey that I've taken. I have um, I have processed those inner pains that would lead me to uncontrollable tears. And I think mm -hmm. that's one thing about the grief early on is I'd just be driving down the road and start crying. Like I'd have one thought or I'd see one thing along the road and it would just incite these tears to come. Mm. And sometimes screaming, yelling. Um, and that emotion was coming from somewhere. Mm. And through the film, I, you know, and, th and through really through a year and a half, almost two years of making the film, I've been processing all that. Mm-hmm. I would say that the you know those those times don't come on like they used to. I think that it's it's easy for those times to um if they're not dealt with to really throw throw us all off course when they mm -hmm. when they rise up if we don't know where they're coming from or what what's mm -hmm. driving those emotions. Mm -hmm. Beautifully said. I hope that that is one thing that people are able to to take away from from what you you guys have created in the film that it's safe it's safe to allow that process to happen mm. it reminds me of, there's a quote that we bring into the film um i'd love to share and mm. it's from an author um named john eldridge who's we we just love his writing and he says, the madness about grief is you think you'll feel better in a few days. The average bereavement leave in corporate America is four days for a spouse or child and three days for a parent, like if you lose one of them. Mm. At three days, you haven't even begun to breathe. At four days, you are still in total concussive shock. So I suggest three months of margin and soul care to someone in grief because it shatters that illusion and suggests an open space of time where real grieving and healing can begin. Begin, because who knows how long it will really take. Mm. I'm so grateful for your time today. Mm, and thanks. so 
Yeah. Thank you for for creating this film so we get to get to walk with you in that process and I'm so excited for our my listeners to go out and watch this film. Thank you. How can we how can we find it? How can we get more of you? How can we follow you on social media? Um, give us the goods there, Eli. All right. Well, uh, we're on our films are on Amazon as well as a few other platforms, but Amazon's the main one. Just type in "The Far Green Country" to Amazon, and you'll 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 see our first film and and the second one, mm-hmm. um, distinctly marked by our family on the cover. And um, you know, watch that. Write a review for us. That would be super helpful. Just you know, mm-hmm. share with other people what you thought about it. Even if you didn't like it, just write a review. We we appreciate you know, just uh, all the all the feedback. Um, and if you want to be in communication with us, we're um, you know as much as we don't spend time on social media uh, as part of our self kindness, um, we are we are on there to you know to communicate with people and and uh, and so you're welcome to reach out on Facebook or Instagram, uh, Twitter. Just just search for the Far Green Country. You can find our website at thefargreencountry.com, and you can sign up really for really good new- swag there. Yeah, yeah, we have some <laughs> swag, some hurt uh, trucker hats and um, t-shirts, and you can also uh, subscribe to our our newsletter on either our Facebook page or our our website, and uh, we'll keep mm-hmm. you up to date on you know mm-hmm. if we have new films coming out or uh, little yeah. contests or anything. Yeah. 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 Love it, Eli. Well, thanks. I love you, man. I love love your family. So grateful that that you came on today. Um, What a pleasure. Yes. Well, thanks for inviting me, and wish you the best in your 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 new practice. And uh, look forward to seeing where it goes. Mm. Thanks, Eli. Yes. Okay. Bye. Hmm. What a treat and gift it was to connect with Eli. And his story is, I just love it because it's that reminder that that you doing your work is important to, and it helps others do their work, however it shows up. You know, you don't have to create a documentary like Eli did, but you just doing your work inspires others. So where is it that you have room for grieving? Maybe it's grieving, like Eli said, a dream that wasn't realized this year. Or maybe it is grieving uh, a lost one or a changed relationship. Self-kindness works in such interesting and powerful ways. I can't emphasize enough how much reaching out and asking others to help me in my self-kindness journey has radically changed my life. If this podcast spoke to you or you think would help somebody else, would you share it with them? Would you make that invitation and make it uh, maybe a safe place where somebody else can be vulnerable with you? And I think 2020 the end of 2020, it's the time to step into this. Let's do this. Reach out to me if you would like to begin working one-on-one, petesibley.com slash coaching. And I hope you have a beautiful week. 
I'm going to leave you with a song of Anna Mines. I love you, be kind to you, and we'll see you next week. Hey, self-kindness with Pete listener, I see you. You know that more self-kindness would benefit your life, but you're not sure where to begin, or you're in a tough cycle right now, or maybe there's so many balls in the air you can't even see the sky. You've done this self-work thing in the past, but still don't feel like you're living it every day, living from a big, free, purposeful life. Then you gotta sign up for my self-kindness coaching. My kindness coaching is my monthly one-on-one coaching where I teach you the tools and methods I've used in my own life so that you will know how to bring peace of mind, lightness, a sense of control and contentment to your life. Massive change begins in us. It's insanely effective, this coaching, because it goes directly to the source. And it teaches you how to live this practice long after the coaching is done. I would love to begin working with you. Go to petesibley.com slash coaching for a free consultation. Somehow the days keep turning and I'm blessed.